Hi everyone, welcome to episode 6 of season 2. I am very excited about this one. In this episode, I chat with Cody Reed. If you're a trail runner, you've probably heard of Cody. Cody's a professional runner. He's American, but he's in South Africa at the moment. We get to know more about Cody, his experience in our beautiful South Africa, and so much more. I won't give away too much, but I'd also like to say that every time I get a guest on my podcast, I always feel so honored that they've given me the privilege to hear their story and share it with everyone. Here's my chat with Cody. Hi, Cody. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Living it up in Cape Town. How's the weather? How's the weather in Cape Town? Oh, it's summer and it's super nice. Like looking out my window now at Lion's Head and Table Mountain and uh, it's just blue skies and sunny and warm. Oh, I can imagine. So um, we are getting into winter on this side of the world. So it gets dark at about 4 p.m. That early up there in Japan. Wow. Yeah, it's so crazy. And I'm an African girl. I'm used to the sun. This yeah, is, definitely. This is are you getting do you get any snow where you are? Apparently we do. So um from what I've heard, we should get snow in Jan. Jan is this your first winter there? Sorry? This is your first winter there? Yes, this is my first winter here. I'm still very new here. Yeah. Okay. And I've never lived in a snowy place. I have no idea. What I'm going to do. <laughs> I hope you've got a lot of layers. Yeah, I was just uh, saying to someone yesterday, I need to go shopping to buy winter clothes, like proper, proper winter clothes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, Cody, obviously, I know a bit about you, but um, if you had to introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are, who would you say Cody is? I would say, hey, my name's Cody. I'm a professional trail runner. And uh, right now I'm just kind of traveling all over the place, um, doing what I can, you know, racing and training in my favorite places, basically. And and uh, I feel like I've been chasing summer for this last year or so. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's it. Like... What what else do you want to know about? <laughs> I like this idea of chasing summer. Okay, it's a very good idea, Cody. That's a very good idea. Um, okay, so when did you start running? Yeah, like what made you actually start running? Your backstory to running. Yeah. So growing up, like when I was really young, I always did team sports and I got um, – I really like lacrosse as well. It's a, it's kind of, lacrosse is kind of like ice hockey, but on the soccer field, uh, I really had a lot of running involved in it. And uh, so in the off season, I would basically just run on my own to stay fit. And then that turned into 
joining the high school cross country team and then eventually I just started doing track instead of lacrosse and uh, ran competitively in college as a walk-on athlete. That's how I got my start in running like in the cross country and track world and then uh, I went to college in Flagstaff at altitude in the mountains and mm-hmm. close to the Grand Canyon and um, I wanted to continue running. I didn't think I would be competing or anything um, and just running on the trails there. But then a friend, or at the time it was an acquaintance, turned me on to trail racing and ultra racing. So, something that I like didn't really know about at the time. And uh, so I, I checked that out and tried that ran a race my first race was 100k and uh and i won that one and then it was (laughs) just kept doing that basically i think if i had lost that race or if it had been like a a bad experience um i don't think i would be doing this but (laughs) it was a great experience and i won and i felt good about it and i wanted more so yeah yeah okay okay So that's interesting. Obviously, uh, in in America, in the United States, you guys have the college system and pretty much a lot of the people who end up being um, professional runners have gone through that system, right? If I'm not mistaken, usually you run track and field at school and then you go to college and then you run in college and then usually that's the trajectory from what I understand. That's right. And I would say the majority of people that go from college running to professional running they either after college they either do like they move up to the marathon and they try that for a few years or if they're like fast enough out of college then they continue on the track or doing cross country like those shorter distances um yeah so obviously a little bit different from uh africa and maybe even um Japan as well, because um, I think running is more professional in the States than uh, for us locally. I'm going to say us locally because I'm counting myself as South African. But coming from an American background like that, how are you finding South Africa? How do you find the running community there and the culture? Oh, the running community here is great. And like, even in the US, there's still not that many people that go from the uh the collegiate running into trail running like i have and like there's there's just a few of us that have done that i think at least that i know i think that there's still like a there's still a big uh there's still a lot to be explored there you know people going from college running to trail running but uh what makes trail running different i think is that you need a lot more of a reason to uh, to try and pursue the trail running, I think, because of the distances and and everything involved. Like it's it's uh, in ways it's easier than than cross country and track and marathon running, and in some ways it's more difficult. I don't think it's it's as popular as um, sought after for those post-collegiate runners. I think 
trail running is, is growing still and it's growing quickly. And so I think eventually that'll be a more, um, reasonable path or a, a path that more people start taking. I think, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think yeah. you're right. Uh, because as you said, the marathon is more appealing. Obviously they're going to go to the, like it goes to nationals, then it goes to Olympics and probably there's more sponsorship there. There's more money to be like so many reasons why that would be trail running is still, I think, growing you're right absolutely absolutely so obviously you say you love uh, the community in Cape Town and I see you've made tons of friends and you've done UCT, UTCT and you did it again and now this year you're there helping out with the um, broadcast and stuff so what is it about Cape Town that you love the most <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was here for the first time in 2019 and uh I, I ran the race. Um, I was telling all of my friends about how much I love Cape Town and how exciting it is and how they need to visit. And they kind of wrote off my opinion a little bit as being biased because I had won the race. And it was, it was like my, my biggest win in my career so far, mm -hmm. probably. And, uh, and so they, you know, they thought I was being, uh, a little too biased, but then in 2021, Jim came and and he loved it here as well. And it's like really exciting to see more and more people come here and wanting to come here and the race growing in the way that it is. Um, but there's just this energy in Cape mm -hmm. Town. Like, um, when was it? It was either when I came last year for the 65k or at the beginning of this year when I came I was uh, I was feeling a little nervous I, yeah I think it was this year I was feeling a little nervous about traveling um, and not having like a place to go back to in the US um, so I, was, I was planning on traveling for quite a while um, and I was a little nervous about it uh, like not having a home basically but then I landed here in Cape Town and I just felt the energy mm -hmm. of South Africa or of Cape Town. And it's, it feels very comfortable and feels like home as well. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it feels here. That's like an energy. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't traveled much of the world, but Cape Town is my favorite place in the whole world. <laughs> that's what I always yeah, I'd say. I'd say the same. I'd say yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you have the, the the mountain, you have the ocean. It's just uh, phenomenal, really. The mountain, the ocean, and the city, and they're all so close together. Mm -hmm. And obviously the people as well. Um, plus the food, like, it's really got a lot going on for it. Yes, and I know it's not on my list, but tell me, what's your favorite uh, South African food? I was just watching a YouTube video, and they were like, Cody loves his food. So what's 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 your favorite? Wait, what video are they talking about? <laughs> something about nine trails or something like that. I don't oh know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I mean there's this place called South Easter here. Have you been? No, I haven't. 
Oh my god, there's a place called South Easter, it's over in Hout Bay, and uh, it's a bakery, and <laughs> the guy that runs it is named Brody, and he makes the most unbelievable croissants, and almond croissants, and sourdough loaves, and everything else, there's like all kinds of baked goods that, uh, the best ones that I've ever had, like anywhere. Wow. Okay. And you, you've been around, so that's saying something. Yeah. Wow. Okay. okay. And then uh, mm -hmm. like the, the Cape Malay food. Yes. I'm a big fan of, yeah. I get the Aranyazuk market on, on the weekends. I'll go over to one of the stalls and I'll get the, the Cape Malay food usually, or like the, uh, the Ethiopian food. Like that's yes. the really cool thing about here. You can get food from anywhere, any type of food, and it's going to be like the best version of that food. Mm -hmm. When I was here at the beginning of the year for uh, Ultra Trail Drakensberg, I was uh, I was thinking about this, and I was like about to head to to back to Europe or back to Italy for a race, and I was thinking, man, like I've been able to to have access to all of this food like different styles from all over the world and now i'm gonna go to italy and i'm gonna have italian food like almost exclusively which is not bad either but uh but the the range and the options here are are pretty great <laughs> yes the italians would say they have the best food in the world i know there's a whole thing between the italians and the french Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> no, the, the Italians definitely have great Italian food. Yeah. Best pizza I've ever had was this last summer in uh, in Cormier. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I know you mentioned you just mentioned UTD. So my friend um admire ran UTD with you. I think he yes. was first and he was second. Yeah. He did great. Yeah, he says to me, um, I, I think I liked the back and forth that you guys did as you were running because I think he wouldn't have run as well as he did if you hadn't been there pushing the game. I don't know. How did it go for you? How did you feel about the whole thing? That's good to hear um, because people were telling me how he had like an amazing race and Like I was, I was happy for him for that, but yeah, it's great when like in these, in these long trail races, very little are you actually like racing head to head with somebody, you know, it's usually like you're just uh, out there on your own. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really see people for a lot of it, but uh, when you can like, sort of work together and and push each other that helps a lot you know just mentally and plus like you're going to be able to run faster because of it and uh and you know having somebody especially like admire out there uh to race with uh helps a lot for for both people like for me as well so this is my theory is that him running that race and seeing how you ran. I feel like it gave him the confidence to win Carcliffe. I mean, he just won the 100 miler. 
And I yes. think if he hadn't had that experience with you, he wouldn't have like actually known and had the confidence to say, I'm going to go for it and, and, and just push myself. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. I remember at the beginning of UTD, I mean, I wasn't feeling very well. I was having stomach issues. Um, and Admire and Brandon Lombard and maybe like one other person, they ran up that first climb, which, you know, we, we start off that race going up Sunny Pass right from the start. We go up the pass and then come right back down. And they ran the whole thing. And I pretty much like walked that entire thing. And then uh, once I started feeling better and I had like gone to the bathroom a couple times and my, my stomach had settled, uh, then I was able to start running. But, you know, I was talking to, to Brendan before that race and uh, I was I was telling him like that was my plan anyway, just to, to walk up that for the most part because I think you're only at like 8k or you're, you're like not even 10k into the race when you get to the top and that's such a relatively short climb for such a long race and so just to to overdo it which is really easy at the beginning of a, a race like that to overdo it um, so early on like you're going to be really feeling that at the end and so you know, I think Admar and I talked about that afterwards. So I hope he he started off a little easier in the hundred miler, <laughs> um, and, and that him. Yeah, I hope so too. I don't know. I just know he won, so he has a fire under him, though. So I don't know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, you did UTD, which is crazy i mean it's like a hectic race so when you compare our races here in south africa compared to like races overseas how do you think we rate um like the trails i don't know the the trails around cape town and the trails around the drakensberg vary a lot um like it's very technical in cape town and the trails are really rocky and overgrown and sometimes it feels like running in Arizona where like everything is spikes and it's trying to cut you up <laughs> as you run by. <laughs> but um, in the Drakensberg, like that was like, those were great trails. Um, and that, that race was very runnable. I thought um, for the distance, it, it didn't have a crazy amount of climbing. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't like uh, a, it was in the mountains, but it wasn't like a like the big mountain races in Europe where they have like a crazy, ridiculous amount of climbing, um, and you're walking a lot more. But uh, yeah, like that that was very runnable. I thought it. it now that I look back, um, I just did a hundred mile race about a month ago in Italy, and I'd say that. It had a similar elevation profile and like similar runability, and that was uh, that was in the Gran Sasso like national park in Italy. I think um, it it uh, it reminded me a bit of that. So that's some European style racing in Africa for sure. Wow, that's interesting. Congratulations on the win, by the way. <laughs> Just casually throw it in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
UTCT is is obviously a big deal this year. I mean, I just saw they have all these profiles of all these elites, and you you said you will be working there. You'll be on the on camera and and stuff. How are you feeling about the race? Like being behind the scenes and all. Oh, I'm feeling much more relaxed than if I were racing it. <laughs> like <laughs> all I have to do is look into all the athletes coming. I'll try to uh, learn a few things about them, their backstory, uh, to have things to talk about during the race. And and I'm very familiar with the course and all the trails that the guys will be running on. Um, So I'm feeling pretty pretty relaxed behind the scenes, uh, at least compared to the racers. So do you actually still get nervous before a big race? Oh, yeah, for sure. Really? So what do you do? Um, the distance, uh, you know, the, the longer the distance, I think the more nervous I get still. Um, or like the, the profile of the race. You know, if it's a big race with a lot of competition and it's a long one, like I'll be pretty nervous beforehand. Um, but in that, you know, affects sleep as well. Like the day before the race or the night before the race, um, if it's a like normal morning start, um, it's tough getting to sleep. You know, I wish I could go to sleep like normal or early, but uh, I'll just end up laying there with my eyes open, uh, thinking about the race or like you know how training has gone, uh, and it doesn't matter anymore. Like the race is tomorrow. Am I am I ready? Like how is it gonna go? What's the weather going to be like? This is really going to hurt. I don't want to do this. <laughs> All <of> these things. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, because um, you guys run fast, and that hurts. It it does. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, just just the distance hurts. Like, regardless of how fast you're going, I think, and I I think like the people, like the people in the in the back of the race, like chasing the cutoffs that are out, you know, they could be out doing a hundred mile race for like two days. Like that seems way harder to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, you know, both things are hard, but obviously you, you, you go, you get it done and it's over and, you know, we still have to be trundling at the back there. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. And I know this wasn't originally on my questions, but I'm curious to know, obviously, now I'm sure people will want to know things like, Cody, how do you manage your nutrition? Uh, luckily, the nutrition has been pretty easy for me. Like I've been with Spring Energy for quite a while. And really, that's all that I eat during races uh, and during like long training runs as well. But the spring energy, like they have a few different flavors and um, like a range of calories per little packet of, uh, of food. And like I can just mix it up and just use those during races. Like even 100 miles, uh, that's like all I will feel like I need. Um, just have those. Uh, plus maybe like a few snacks at aid stations like fruit or – you know, the last race I did in Italy, there was some really good tea, actually. I was having some tea at A-Stations with, like, uh, cookies. 
in that in the hot tea. Um, but yeah, I was just using uh, the spring gels and I feel, I mean, like nutrition can be the the harder the hardest thing to figure out for a race, you know, especially as the distances get up there. To have that uh, figured out and to have the spring work so well for me, like I feel uh, really lucky. Just can just rely on that and you know don't have to like think twice or um, worry about that. Really, uh, it, it helps a lot. Okay. <clears throat> But do we have spring in South Africa? I don't know. It's, uh, who, there is a business, uh, the Flat Mountain Endurance or Flat mm -hmm. Mountain Running. Mm -hmm. Flat Mountain Running uh, brings spring in, I don't know if it's regularly, but I know around like UTCT or some, some big events that they will bring some in and sell it. I think they might start selling it more regularly and maybe mm -hmm. bring in larger shipments during uh so before 2019 there was no spring here and then when i won the 100k here uh you know everyone was was curious what i was eating and they had never seen spring before mm -hmm. and then that's when they started bringing some of the spring in but then 2020 happened and shipping around the world became a real problem and that kind of uh, i think it, it's called flat mountain living okay and so shipping for like 2020 and 2021 was a real issue um and i don't think there was much here but now now they're they're ramping back up what they're getting so um japan is like a whole other animal hey like I, I remember coming here for a run and I'm like, where can I get goo? And everyone is like, we don't do that here. Um, so what's the what's the main nutrition or main uh, running food there in Japan? So the, the Japanese people have their own uh, type of stuff that they have, like some energy packs from what I understand. But a lot of the expats... Um, try to import tailwind but it's it's almost like it's so expensive it's so hard to get stuff because like um the japanese government is very they want to just know what's actually in the food that you're bringing in they want everything to to follow a certain procedure and because a lot of people don't speak japanese and everything in japan is in japanese like everything like yeah. official documents everything so, like, you have to be able to do all that and then import okay, it. Yeah. So, it's like, that's the thing. It's a bit tricky. Yeah. So, it's people just bring for their own use, but it's it's uh, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's no spring in Japan yet. <laughs> no, no. Um, no. Not yet. Hopefully, someone will, will be able to bring it in. Uh, what about uh, gear? What sort of gear do you wear? Shoes? It can I ask that? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I've been sponsored by Under Armour now for this is my sixth year with them, mm -hmm. and like I've just, I mean, <laughs> I've been wearing Under Armour really you know, since uh, since I was very young, like doing the team sports and through high school. Um, 
I always wore their stuff. And you know, living in Flagstaff, they uh, invested quite a bit into some of the runners and the running community in Flagstaff. And now, you know, to uh, to be sponsored by them, um, like when I started trail running, was was very cool for me. Um, it's like a yeah, just being sponsored by them um, right off the bat, and for so long it's been great. And I've always liked their gear, mm-hmm. their clothing, and their shoes. Uh, it's it I I wear it because I choose to. Mm-hmm. You know, it works for me. I really like all their stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. Oh, okay. Do do they have a nice trail shoe? Yeah. So the um. Right now, they just released like two new pairs of trail shoes. One more like a trainer type, one a little smaller, a little more minimal. And those have come out since I've like been out of the U.S. And so I haven't, I haven't tried both of them. Um, before I left, I was wearing the the prototypes of those. But yeah, those are those are great ones. Uh, it's hard to find a, a perfect shoe, hey. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I, I like all the different uh, all the different surfaces that you're going to be running on. You know, you might want different shoes, but uh, I think I found here like running on Platyclip. So that trail is super well um, traversed. You know, there's always people on there. There's a lot of uh, really slick spots mm-hmm. on that trail, <laughs> and um, you know, traction can be a problem on on those types of trails and surfaces but uh yeah i really like the under armor shoes just for pretty much everything i didn't wear the road shoes pretty often on trails for like comfort Mm -hmm. and uh and if i'm not trying to trying to uh to like go too hard on on a super technical trail or something and so cody say you're riding a hundred miler and you hit the wall what yeah. how do you mentally get through that uh like a <laughs> physical wall or a mental wall mental wall <laughs> mental, wall. mental. The, mental. so when i'm uh when i'm training i like to in some ways break my training up into like the mental training and then also the physical training and so how I like to describe it is some days, you know, some days I don't want to run. Like mentally, I'm fatigued or in a bad place. But physically, like my body has energy, and physically I'm fine, so I can I can get out and run. You know, there's nothing wrong physically, and so you know, I'll I'll rely on my body to get out and and like do what it needs to do, and just know carry me mentally through uh through the motions and through training and like try to turn off my brain um you know and and quiet the 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 you know the the feelings or emotions telling me that that it doesn't want to do this and then other days my body is really tired and uh and my body doesn't want to run like mentally I want to get out and and train 
and so then uh, during races, the goal for me is always to like have the body and the mind like mental and physical um, aspects like combine and and carry me through a race like together because I think if you can separate them and train them individually and then on those special occasions like races um, you know you can combine those two things and they can be greater than the some of their parts type of thing and uh, and then that's that's how like you can get real special things happening during races Mm, okay, that's I've actually have never heard this before. That's interesting. Wow. Okay, I've I've never heard that because it's always like your brain is stronger than your body, you know. But this is oh, yeah. a, mm, this is quite interesting because it, what I imagine, Cody, is that you must have some serious mental fortitude for you to stand uh, when you when you're racing at, at your level. Mentally, you obviously have to have a mind of steel almost. Otherwise, you can second guess and doubt yourself and not go for your goal. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Like running is a huge mental sport. Like if, you're, if your mind's not in it, then it doesn't matter like how fit you are or how good your body feels. Like your mind dictates how your body feels in a lot of ways. And so, you know, if, uh, if you wake up on race day and, you know, your mind is not in it, um, and you don't know how to, how to fix that, like you're going to have a problem, like you're not going to be able to, to perform. But if you, uh, if you like break the training up, into those two aspects and you know how to you know turn one of them off whether either it's whether it's your uh your mental side or your physical side and to lean on one or the other then mm -hmm. I, that's what helps me you know deal with any types of uh any types of problems i may run into i guess okay okay Cool. Thanks, Cody. And then I've also got another question. Why the grumpy Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that came, if, if anyone's ever met me in the morning, like shortly after I woke up, then they understand where the grumpy Cody Reed comes from. The, um, and you know it came it came out of traveling around the world like through time zones um and like being up at at odd hours and jet lag for different races and like activities and stuff plus you know for i still don't get this why uh so many runners run like so early in the morning um if they you know, obviously if they like don't have to, like if you're a professional runner and you're just training, um, don't understand why you would wake up so early. Like, what are you going to do the rest of your day? Um, doesn't make sense to me. And so when I'm like, 
meeting somebody super early uh, for some reason to train, you know, it, it takes me a while to get going mm-hmm. um, mentally and physically. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's just, it's like my default state. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty grumpy sometimes, but, uh, but it's also just kind of how my face rests. Uh, <laughs> like, like you might've heard of like resting bitch face. I just yes. have resting grumpy face. Um, you know, somebody could be like looking at me and like, Cody, what's wrong? Like, what do you mean? What's wrong? This is just how my face looks. <laughs> Cody, oh my word. (laughs) (laughs) You know, though, I'm with you with the afternoon running. Oh, yeah. My poor coach. Now, I totally understand if you have a job and especially like a family, like you got to get out before everyone's up, get your run in, uh, go to work, take care of the family, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, if you don't, there's no excuse. Like, go back to sleep, rest your body, recover. You know, like if I was a, uh, if I had to run in the mornings all the time, like it's colder, my body is stiff. Like I'd probably injure myself all the time. Um, so you know, have a slow start to the day, get the body moving, get the blood pumping, and uh, and run when I feel ready. I'm I'm with you, and I've been trying to solve this because like after I'm done with you now it's 7 p.m 7 30 here I'm gonna go run and I have a good run yeah yeah and have a good run a good run that's uh that's like the main reason yeah yeah (laughs) do you know actually which uh race you would enjoy Cody uh in South Africa and maybe people have already told you is the Addo 100 miler Yes, I have heard about that one. And that goes through some game reserves as well, right? Yes, it goes through the... The Addo Elephant Reserve, Yes, the the Addo Elephant Park, yeah. Apparently, uh, the night views are amazing. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, when you guys ran UTD, my friend Rihanna ran it as well. I think she was one of the last people to... No, she did the 100 miler. They saw leopards, hey? Oh, no way. Yeah, they had to actually stop and wait until the leopard had cleared, and then they kept on running. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, the, I think the leopards are like, okay, these are the slow people, so <laughs> you guys are gone. So the guys at the back, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, la- last bit about UTCT, then I'm going on to the to number five, six, and seven. Is there anything you want to tell us about um, UTCT? Do you want anything for anyone to know? Like, I don't know. If you saw the UTCT event last year, like whether you were here or you watched it online, like this year is going to be even bigger. I mean, last year it was a, it was a huge step up from the year before, or not the year before, but from 2019, um, Mm -hmm. because it didn't happen in 2020, but you know, that was like a huge step up in profile for the race. I think, um, with the, the quality of runners that came, the level of, of broadcasting that the race had 
And this year, you know, it's going to be a similar increase in profile. Um, it's really exciting what Stu has been doing here. Um, like, you know, it's if you're looking to run a race at the end of the year, you know, more and more people are looking to UTCT. Whereas, you know, just a few years ago, it was, um, you know, more on the periphery. Now it's like the, the premier event and it just keeps getting better and better and bigger. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting, actually. It is very exciting. Yeah. And, okay, so Cody, uh, I saw in your Strava, it said Cody from South Africa. Was that your Strava? What is it? It said Cody from South Africa on your Strava. Really? Hold on, let me check. Oh, yeah, I did <laughs> change my location. But because uh, <laughs> it was, it said uh, in, in the little bio on Strava, it was saying uh, Mammoth Lakes, California, and it's like, well, I had I had forgot about that and and changed it since you know I'm in Cape Town now, quite a lot. So, like, are we adopting you officially? Perhaps. So. <laughs> Perhaps I'm a. Uh, I mean, I've been here quite a lot this year, using up all my available time. Um, yeah. Each time I'm here, I feel like, you know, you get three months or 90 days um, before you have to uh, leave the country, and then you can come back. Uh, They're for not another very nice, are day. they? <laughs> They're what? No. I mean, it's all right. It's not, uh, it hasn't been a problem yet. Plus, like with the extended tourist visas that I've looked into, I don't think those are too hard to get. That gives you an extra three months or 90 days. So you can do like six months at a time here. But I haven't needed to do that even because I've just been uh, on the move so much. I've been here for, for quite a while, but I have not been here for that long at once. You know what I mean? Mm-mm-mm. no no i do totally so um what are your racing plans for 2023 well Ooh, okay for 2023 <laughs> i haven't got any racing plans yet actually but mm-hmm. i was thinking it would be cool to do uh western states again and so i'm looking into the uh the golden ticket races again since the last time I ran Western States, those have changed quite a bit. And uh, Terrawera is one of those. That's the race that I've done twice already. And I've gotten second at both times. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that that would be a good option for me to do. And uh, yeah, that's, that's as far as next year goes, that's all I have thought about. Like, I haven't planned anything. Um, so this year, back in April, I was in Italy for a race called the Shaka Trail, mm-hmm. which goes through the Cinque Terre, uh, like really cool little area in Italy, um, right on the coast, uh, lots of really cool trails and, um, <laughs> the one, like the weather leading up into this race was beautiful. It was like you know, early spring there. Um, and then that weekend of the race, like that Saturday morning, there was a storm that came in and it was raining and there was lightning and it was even snowing. Like, 
it, I don't think it had ever snowed there before, or you know, maybe once in the last ten years it had snowed. And then this weekend of the race, like the day of, it had started snowing again, and it actually snowed quite a bit. They had to cancel the race when we were like, you know, twelve k, fifteen k in, mm-hmm. and uh, so hopefully I can get back there and and race that fully. Yeah, um, because that was a that was a really fun place to be. So it's 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 it dumped like maybe maybe a foot that day. They had to close the roads. People couldn't get to aid stations, and so that's why they had to cancel it. But then that afternoon, it cleared up, and it was like blue skies and beautiful. And then uh, the next day, it was clear and sunny, and I just decided to go run the whole course myself as like a training run. Yeah, and that was that was super fun. So I did that, and how the the course looks, you do a loop like. You start in uh, in one of the villages and you kind of loop up around the mountains behind the Cinque Terre, and then mm-hmm. you come down, and then you're uh, you're going through all these villages or like the five uh, towns of the Cinque Terre. And as I was going through them, I was I was stopping in each one and grabbing like a cappuccino or like focaccia, and taking my time and and having fun. So that was. That was a great experience to do, you know, a consolation prize from not racing. Yeah, maybe you guys, the universe was like, no, you're not racing today. Like, Yeah, Yeah, I really didn't want to. Yeah, it sounds so idyllic, though. Oh, it is, for sure. Like, after that, uh, after being there, I was looking back at the pictures and the videos that I got of there when I was – wherever I was next, I was like, wow, this is like, it looks so different. Like looking back on it, you know, sometimes uh, things look more vibrant or more um, idyllic uh, mm-hmm. looking back on it. Like it's sometimes it's hard to, uh, to fully grasp the, like where you are in the present um, and looking back on it can, you know, you can, um, I don't know, really, really notice it more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm imagining the sun on your skin. I'm imagining the landscapes, the colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds amazing, actually. I want to go to Italy. Yeah, it's a great spot. <laughs> okay, so. I'm going to throw this out there. I don't know if I'll be in Japan the year after next, but you should try uh, Ultra Trail Mount Fuji. They have a nice 100 miler here. Yes. In fact, I I haven't been to Japan yet. I really want to go. It seems like such an interesting place. You know, a lot more, there's a lot more reasons other than trail running that I want to go there for. And Ultra Trail Mount Fuji uh, is definitely a race that I'm interested in, but, uh, you know, since, you know, in the last six years that I've been, uh, trail running, you know, and, uh, following, like I've known Dylan Bowman, uh, since I started trail running and he's won that race at least one time. And, uh, and that's how I originally heard about it. 
and yeah. I've followed it. And it seems like almost every year there is just terrible weather around that race and they have to change the course. And I just wish like, I'm nervous about going because I want to go there and run the race and run the actual course. But, uh, I'm nervous that bad weather would make them change it. Oh. Yeah, you see, okay, so this is the thing. Uh, first of all, because it's an island, the weather changes all the time, yeah. like that. But um, the Japanese are very cautious. So if there's like a 3% chance of things going wrong, they will not take the risk. They will change and actually have a safer option. It's just the general yeah. culture. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. that's probably why they change it a lot. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's definitely something that I would be interested in for sure. I, <laughs> I really like, uh, cars and motorcycles mm -hmm. and the Japanese culture around cars and motorcycles is just so wild to me. And I want to go, uh, experience that firsthand, you know, while, running around Mount Fuji, ideally. Um, yeah, that's some place that I would like to spend a lot of time. Yeah. Well, if you do come, reach out. Um, I don't know a lot of people, but I know some people. And, you know, it's nice to have an English-speaking person. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. How long are you living there for? Are you uh, working So I what I'm doing is I'm actually teaching English. So my plan was come to Japan to run as much as possible. So I don't know. I, I wanted to stay here forever, but I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about Japan at the moment. <laughs> I love okay. it, but I don't love it, but I love it. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's very different. You miss home, miss Cape town. I'm actually from Joburg, yeah. Oh, Joburg. Yes, yeah. But I, I miss, I miss South Africa. I miss Africa. I miss, I miss the sun. I miss my family because I'm here, one man. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. if I ever get there, I'll reach out. Hopefully, you're still there, and we can meet up. Yeah, you know, uh, the thing with Japan is it's a well kept secret. When you come to Japan and you start running on the trails, you'll say to yourself, surely people in the world need to know about how beautiful this place is. Oh, yeah. And you, you can't I imagine mean, it how beautiful like that. it is. Mm, hey? It seems like that, like a, a well-kept secret kind of place um, with just like great running options. Mm. And very safe because like I run at night, no problem. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to do that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> okay. So, Cody, what are your favorite places to race? Favorite places to race? Cape Town, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, Italy is up there. I did Lavaredo this summer, and the race did not go well at all. Um, for a few reasons, basically, I just like, I was not very fit or fit enough for it, I think, but, uh, like running in the Dolomites and just spending some time there before and after the race, 
Like that was the most beautiful place I think I've ever been. There was a section of the trail, like I'm sure if, if you look up Labaredo, you know, you'll see the pictures of the Trechime. And when I was racing and I was going up this big climb in the dark, you know, the sun had just started coming up and I get to the top of this big climb and up at like 8,000 feet, I think. And, uh, and I look over to the left and there's like this big silhouette that's like starting to materialize, uh, you know, way off in the distance. And over a few minutes, like it started lighting up and it was the Trechime right there. And it was beautiful. And it was like, it started glowing basically. And, uh, you know, the, the sun started lighting up all the mountains and the cliffs around me. And I was like feeling really terrible at this point uh, in the race. And I think it was probably around like halfway. Mm-hmm. And then um, like that was, that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And then uh, for the next few miles of the race, like going down, there was going down the trail, like through some fog. And then you're in this, uh, in this valley with like cliffs rising out of the ground all around you. And like the, the ground is just covered in grass. Like it looks like manicured lawn laid out in front of you around you on like the forest floor with trees and moss and lakes and rivers. And I felt like I was in Pandora, like in the movie Avatar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was stunning. Wow. Mm-hmm. Probably the most beautiful place or, you know, um, thing that I've experienced uh, was there. Uh, so I, I hope to go back there and do Lavaredo again, hopefully feeling better next time. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it's like the 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 French and the Italian Alps, like around uh, the UTMB course, like the size and the vastness of that area is just incredible. There's so much to do there and there's so many trails. It's unbelievable. I mean, it would take multiple lifetimes to do, to do like, to feel like you have made a dent in those mountains, you know? Um, and that's, I, I felt the same way the past two years living in Mammoth, um, another like incredibly beautiful place, uh, in the, in the Eastern Sierras in California, like the area between Yosemite and Mount Whitney, mm-hmm. like just stunning. And I hope one day I can do the, the John Muir trail and maybe do a, an FKT attempt on it. Um, right now, Francois Dehaene has that record. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that I really look up to and admire. And so I think it would be very cool to do like a, a fast pack FKT uh, through there maybe with a, with a friend or two. Yeah, it it does look amazing. Um, I saw Billy, Billy Yang did it, did, um, I think they didn't fast pack it though, but yeah, the video looks amazing. It just looks amazing. And a friend was saying also one of his favorite places to run is, is Mammoth. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like all those mountains, they're pretty, they, you can get 
pretty remote out there. Like uh, access into that John Muir Trail can be pretty difficult in some areas. And even though it's a very popular trail and like during the summer, there's a lot of through hikers um, back there can be a highway in some senses, but you're like, you're way out there. Um, pretty alone for the most part. And like, that's, that's my favorite feeling. Being totally like self-sufficient on your own, um, you know, out in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling. I mean, as trail runners, we are very privileged. I think we see things that other people don't get to see. For sure. Yeah. And uh, now let's go to the fun questions. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else you feel like you'd like to talk about. No, I think we covered all the all the good spots. At least the good spots that I'm willing to talk about. I'm not going to tell anyone. <laughs> Do you know what I was going to do you know what's the name of this Instagram uh, meme account? Man, what is it called? It's the trail running one where he he always does funny things. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Is it ultra running memes or yes. your boys? Yes, yes, your... <laughs> yes. There are so many ultra running meme pages now. <laughs> it's ultra running memes. I need to stop okay. making memes now. And I'm going to be so inappropriate, Cody, but you know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Did, uh, is it a post about me? Well, it's not about, let's see. Um, I remember seeing it and they were like, uh, guess who's this? And it's got to do with you and your and your buns. Oh, my God. Yeah. That came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, can you guess who this is? And everyone's like, it's Cody. It's Cody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cody, that's your claim to fame. <laughs> I was just kidding. I know. I got to get <laughs> to, uh, you know, self-promote somehow. <laughs> Whichever way. Okay. Oh, my word. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, let's go to the fun questions. So. Cody, what is the craziest thing you have experienced as a runner or something only runners will understand? Hmm. There's been a few precarious situations that I've run into uh, where I probably shouldn't have been like sketchy trails with a little too much exposure where, and I really had to, uh, to tune everything out and focus on what I was doing. So I didn't like fall to my death, perhaps. Um, I don't know, run-ins with snakes or, you know, roots, mm -hmm. basically the same thing uh, at a, a certain time of day when you can't see very well mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and you're in the desert. Like there's a, there was a, um, a run that I did in Chamonix or above Chamonix where the, uh, the trail kind of disappeared and I was running through a, like a glacial valley, like where the, the glacier used to be. And it was all just boulders 
um, and I'd get to the, I'd, there was a rope on one side from the trail and I, mm -hmm. I like lowered myself in down on the rope and I figured there would be a rope on the other side to like help you get out. And I, I get across and to the other side and, uh, and there was no rope and it was like way steeper than the side I went down. It was like basically a cliff, but it wasn't rock. It was just like sand. Mm -hmm. And so you try to like climb out and it just crumbles under your hands. And like, I was looking around for, uh, for a way to get out and just kind of like balancing on the rocks that were in the wall that I could hold on to and like trying not to pull those out. And I get up maybe like halfway or like three quarters of the way. And I look down and I'm like, damn, this would not, <laughs> this would not be good if I fell. I should definitely not be here. Like, all right, just, uh, don't look down, stay focused. Like failure is not an option right now. So, uh, just not gonna, not gonna do that. And <laughs> there was one spot where I had to jump from like one spine basically on this, uh, cliff to the next, uh, I kind of like topped out on this spine. And then I, uh, I did a dynamic move from that to the next one and uh and was able to climb out of that but yeah i was glad i wasn't with anyone there because then i would you know you you take somebody on a run like this and you feel responsible and uh and for for anything happening um but i was just out there on my i was under the uh the gondola the girl de midi that goes up Mont Blanc and I could just imagine them like looking down at me you know, they probably couldn't even see me because they're like way high up. They're probably, yeah. I was thinking they're probably looking down at me like, look at this idiot. <laughs> what does he think he's doing? <laughs> Dynamic move you say. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I can actually understand that. Yeah. Because you but, always uh, think surely there's a way and then, yeah. Yeah. And there was, it, uh, it wasn't a very good one, but there was a way. <laughs> okay, so the next one, a book recommendation. So it can be any subject, not necessarily running. Yes, I'm glad you asked me this before the interview so that I could think about what book. But uh, one came to mind pretty quickly, and there's a book called The Monkey Wrench Gang by Edward Abbey. And I love that book because it's uh it really it really embodies like a lot of my uh thoughts and opinions on the world and it's also based in and around flagstaff arizona and so the opening chapter of the book is uh one of the characters running from the police uh and driving across the train tracks in town as a train is coming by to uh to you know for the train to block the police that were chasing him uh it's a really good read um <laughs> exciting and and fun easy to read and uh if you know the southwest like you'll be able to easily picture uh all of these places that they are okay uh okay <clears throat> cool what about a movie or tv show any can be or even a, a um um youtube 
movie is fine on Netflix. Anything really? Um, well, TV show. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can I can do TV show, YouTube channel, and movie. But okay, TV great. show. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite, like by far, and I just watched it for the second time all the way through. Is uh, Ted Lasso? He is like the way that they uh, that they captured like the coach aspect and like the assistant coach, especially. Um, you know, I've had haven't had a coach like him, but um, it's it's uh, it's a really good watch. Like every episode has something. Uh, very profound, I think. You know, you can take like a lot from each episode, and uh, you know, that the story and the music and the characters. Uh, you know, there's a lot to relate to, I think, in that show. And what's his name? The guy that plays Ted Lasso. He wrote it and directs it. I think. Anyway, he uh, he did an amazing job. Mm -hmm. I've <laughs> heard. I've heard. I'll probably heard. watch it. I've heard great stories about Ted Lasso, but um, I have to see which shows because it's not on my Netflix. No, it's a it's an Apple TV show. Oh, it's an Apple TV. Okay, great. Okay, Apple TV. Awesome. Okay. Um, or you know, any of the free streaming sites, you can find it on those as well. Okay. But uh, yeah, Ted Lasso, highly recommended. Um, so good. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's only two seasons. Um, there's a third season coming out like next year, I believe. Uh, so it's it's an easy, quick watch, basically. Uh, very worth it, I think. Okay. Um, favorite movie? I mean, there's. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't say favorite. Like, there's so many good movies. Like. Some great ones that come to mind that are that are personal favorites, like No Country for Old Men, is so good. Um, you know, the last movie I watched was uh, hold on, let me let me remember what it was. Not from the theater, The Triangle of Sadness. Ooh. Yeah, have you heard of that one? It's brand new. I uh, just watched it in the theater like last week. Um, that was very funny. Oh, really? After hearing oh. the triangle of sadness, I was prepared for tears. No, it's uh, it's like I would describe it as a wild ride. <laughs> okay. Nah, it's a wild ride. It's great. Okay. And uh, one of my one of my favorite YouTube personalities or channels is. Uh, his name, like it, the name of his channel, is just Alex. Or you can look up Alex French Guy Cooking. Um, he has an incredible cooking channel on YouTube. I mm -hmm. love cooking and baking. Uh, I do it a lot. And this guy um, just does a really good job. Um, not only like talking about food and what makes it good, basically, but also explaining like new uh cooking techniques or you know how you can improve your cooking um and then also he has like some episodes where he he does some experimentations and um 
kind of tries to tries to to make old classic recipes, uh, you know, his own or like make them more modern. He's a great guy to watch. Cool. Ted Lasso, No Country for Old Man, The Triangle of Sadness, and Alex, French guy. Yes. On YouTube. You know what What you'd love in Japan also right. is the food. You would love the food. What? Uh, if you came to Japan, you would love the food. Oh, yeah. I'd, yeah. It would be very different from, from what I'm used to, I think. And and I like that. <laughs> yeah. I Every time I eat something, I'm like, what do they put in this food? It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Cody, that's it. We've gone through everything. Yeah. This was good. This was great. Yeah, I had fun. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for uh, for reaching out. I know you sent me a message on Instagram uh, quite a while ago. When did did you originally message me? I think probably... um... December, hey. I'm so proud of myself for reaching out again because I'm a shy little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for reaching out again. Yeah, sometimes the message requests can get lost in the mix. But, uh, yeah, thanks for emailing. And, yeah, this was great. Yeah, I think UTCT is going to be a a vibe. Oh, yeah. Every year. It always is. Yeah. And uh, it's just gotten better and better. Yeah. Okay, Cody, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. Good run. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. To support the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. It means a lot. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Running Voyager for updates. Here's to a week full of great adventures. Cheers.